Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we break down the art and science of storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by Magnanimous Rentals. Cameras, lenses, lights, and much more at the lowest rental rates online. Magnanimous Rentals, every order submitted at magrents.com. That's M-A-G-R-E-N-T-S.com. Every order submitted receives a discount. Inexpensive production essentials ship right to your door. Magrents.com. Go Magnanimous. Listen, I've been working with Magnanimous Rentals for a few years, and I love it. I can't tell you how awesome it is to have a production trip, which I travel at least once a month or so, and I pack my bags and my luggage with my clothes, I hop on my plane, I reach my destination, I get to my hotel or my Airbnb, and boom, my equipment is there waiting for me nicely packaged up. My cameras, my lenses, tripods, lights, I didn't have to travel with any expensive or heavy equipment, and it just made everything a breeze. I do my shoot. I knock it out of the park, I pack the equipment back into the packaging it came in, and I stop by UPS or FedEx on the way back to the airport, and boom, it's back on its way to Magnanimous Rentals. Super easy, super affordable, and listen, if you have a production in-house for your business and you can't justify purchasing camera equipment, this is a perfect affordable alternative for you guys. Rent the equipment that you need and then send it back. Magnanimous Rentals, go check them out at magrents.com. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Six Second Stories, where we help you maximize your impact through short form storytelling. Okay, so this podcast is called The Storytelling Lab. You guys know the tagline. We help you break down the art and science of storytelling. But the most common story, sometimes the stories we're not even, not even aware of, are the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell other people about ourselves. And I've lived through this, and it, it takes a lot of work and understanding of the art and science of storytelling to understand what is your personal narrative? What is our personal... What are, what are our personal narratives? Because there is one, and there's a lot of options. There's a lot of different stories that you could tell. But when we are introducing ourselves to people or when we're pitching ourselves to clients or whatever, we really need to have a concise, strong story that explains who we are, where we come from, where we want to go, who we want to impact, why we want to impact them in that way, and how we're going to do it. Right? It answers all the questions in the form of a story. 
It took me a long time to find mine, but I found it. Part of, part of the journey of finding that story was where I met today's guest, Elaine Bloom. So I'll paint the picture. It was summer of 2017. I had just released Raise Up, which had taken me five years to create. And I was invited to screen the movie and give a little speech before it at the AFPT convention in Oslo, Norway. AFPT is the Academy for Personal Training. It's a school for personal trainers, basically, like NASM and some other ones that we have here. And they're based out of Scandinavia, but they are, they're also in Dubai and Miami now. And I know the CEO, Espen, he was an investor in the film. And uh, when the film came out, he was super proud of it. And, and I think kind of proud of himself, which was nice. Um, see his name up there as an executive producer. And he invited me to, to me and, and Maya to go to Oslo. And actually, they treated all the speakers to a, a few days, um, a few spa days down in the south southern part of Norway. And the first night we were there, we were bonding with everybody and meeting everybody. It was a lot of, uh, you know, fitness thought leaders from around the world. Many of them were from the States. And so it was really comfortable. And plus in Norway, they, they all speak English. But they kept telling me when they found out what we, what we do, because I was the only like filmmaker there. They're like, oh, you got to meet Elaine. You got to meet Elaine. She's doing a similar um, uh, talk. Her presentation was on storytelling. And I was like, oh, cool. And this was right as we were starting to move into that space. I've been a storyteller for my, you know, my whole career. But this was in the beginning of us shaping it to where we wanted to help people learn how to tell stories. And so um, when I met her, she came in in the middle of dinner on the second day, I believe. So she was like a little bit late, but came in with a bang. Uh, I mean, just this this beautiful woman, but this beautiful spark of energy that was hilarious and funny and, and smart and witty and just sat down and like really social and sat down. And, and I think she was right in front of me. But needless to say, like we kick, we just kicked into it immediately and was just like bouncing back and forth. And and I got so, you know, just so excited about it. I was really uh, excited to hear her speech. It's funny. I, I watched it recently before I had her on the show and you know, she was already talking about the things that I'm helping clients with now, like, you know, neural coupling and mirror neurons and, you know, why storytelling is effective, the science of storytelling, as we say. And she was outstanding on stage. Uh, I will put a link to her talk if I can find it in, uh, in the show notes. But she was like, pacing was on point like she would give space and pause and and her interaction with the audience was was amazing she wasn't rushed or anything like that it was clear she was a professional and she's been doing this for quite some time now this is a person who has their story their narrative clear as day and she helps people understand how to tell their stories and why they work and kind of helps them unearth them. So uh, this is one of those conversations like like many we get in here on the show that could have gone on forever. She is very pregnant. By the time this comes out, she may have had the baby. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had a great time talking with her and she gives a lot of great information about how to peel back those layers and look inside to find the connecting pieces and connect the dots so that you can tell your story better. So, I'm going to shut up so you guys can hear the wit and wisdom of Elaine Bloom. Check it out. Cool. Uh, so, it's like 3 o'clock there? Yep, it's just 3 o'clock. And uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. When uh, When's your due date? Just check this out. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm 33 weeks now. Oof, getting and there. it's getting yeah but i've been i haven't been nauseous i've oh, been awesome. exercising i've been working i'm gonna work uh january as well and the due date is 24th of february hmm. so there's still uh, still a bit of i'm getting heavier and kirby he's moved in of course mm-hmm. so uh yeah he did the christmas cooking and he's he's extremely excited is he so, yeah, he lost his dad to cancer when he was 13, so I think, and we're having a baby boy. So I think for him, that's kind of, um, it's it's huge. It is. I mean, I, 
lost my dad. I wasn't that young, but I was 24. It was, uh, yeah. you know, 2007 and, um, to cancer as well. Mm. And, um, I didn't think about it and my birthday, uh, you know, my birthday's in June and, and, in, and so is father's day. And Maya asked yeah. me in like May, she was like, uh, cause we'd already had Bellamy in April and in May at some point, Maya was like, Hey, do you know, what do you want to do for, for, for father's day this year? And it, it totally messed me up because that mm. day has always in my life been the day where I celebrate my father. Mm. And it was the first time where I was the father. And it just like hit yeah. me so fast. And I just cried because like, it just hit me. I didn't realize that yet. That mm. now the meaning of that day has completely switched. Mm. You yeah. know, And so I, I feel Kirby on that because... Um, that yeah, I, and, and some people hide as well because Kirby has... He has had trouble with Christmases because he got to know his father <clears throat> had lung cancer first time when he was 13 during Christmas and he died just shortly after. Mm. So Christmas has been tough, but also the Father's Day, he was just, he was just ignored it. But now, as a, I mean, sometimes you meet someone, you get to talking and you get to tell your story, right? And someone actually just asks you questions and listens without telling people what to do or how to feel or how to grieve. Or So I think... As you say, becoming a father, you have to take at least you have to acknowledge a couple of things because he's been hiding. But through this process, uh, because uh, I think he's been much more able to get in touch with, you know, the feelings and the grief, and it's still there and it never goes away. But he's been able to actually just reconnect with himself mm -hmm. because he's never celebrated Father's Day mm -hmm. for the last twenty years. He's never right. just no that that day doesn't exist. So something, I think, something has happened to him in a good way. Yeah. And I think also, uh, you know, the stories we tell ourselves or the, or the special dates or the narratives we crea create around special dates, like mm -hmm. Father's Day. I mean, and suddenly, yeah, you're the dad. And, then, so, and, and, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes life will flip the meaning of those days or the narrative, as you say, uh, itself. And then sometimes I think that we actually have to take control of that and try to do that ourselves, which is really hard. It's not easy mm -hmm. to do, but it's possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Life will do it <laughs> very quickly yeah. and very easily, but we can do it too. It just takes a lot of like a lot of inner work. Yeah. And I think, and that's, that's the self insight and the inner work. And sometimes someone else, it needs to ask you some tough love questions or at least dare to, you know, stir the pot a bit because usually what I've kind of noticed around here, at least in, I can say Norway, I'm generalizing, generalizing, but we're not that too good at talking about our emotions. Mm. So if someone says, well, I just lost my job, people go like, Okay, um, you, they don't know how to respond or if you're lost a loved one, it's, you know, I'll give you my condolences, but people just generally don't know how to react around, often around pain or sorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was the case for him as well. A lot of people, I think, who lost someone or struggling, people try to, because I'm doing it, I mean, my master's degree you know, in career counseling, and I wrote about people who've been out of work for more than 40 to 80 weeks, Right. And the literature says it would be easy for this kind of group to, you know, just get a new job. But in reality, they're they're in pain. Mm -hmm. And when they try to talk to people about their pain, they go like, oh, don't worry, you'll be good. No worries. You're going to fix this. I mean, you're so smart. You're so resourceful. And that's the one thing that came out of the research people was like, they told me I've now stopped telling people how I feel because they just serve me kind of the same, yeah. you know, be and strong, move ahead. It's meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the time we just want somebody to, to, to listen, yeah. you know, and try to understand. To listen, yes. And without actually giving advice, because one of the things they said, because I incorporated, um, some theory around also how to the transition and change are two completely different things. The change is, you know, situational, you move, you get a new baby, but the transition part is the psychological part. That's mm. the kind of part that does you in. And people were, they weren't aware of that 
they understood the changes, but not the transitions, the psychological, like storytelling. Mm -hmm. Phase one, you need to kind of deconstruct and let go. Phase two, you need to, you're in limbo. And then uh, phase three, kind of reconstruct who am I? And as mm -hmm. we started working with people, said to me, I haven't had any help before, but I said, we have the welfare system, we have the government, there's a lot of resourceful people that have been helping you, but they have, their help hasn't been helpful because they've been stuck in kind of a stage, they, they've been telling themselves the stories that, you know, they're holding on to the past, mm -hmm. so you can't get through with new input. So it was just an interesting research because people were like, this sermon is, you're gonna fix it, you're so strong, and they said, that's the last thing I want to hear. I just need someone to sit and listen and don't give me any advice. So what are the things, like, if you don't give <clears throat> advice, you sit and listen. So that's one thing. What, what else can you do when you're in a position <clears throat> to try to help people? It's what you mm -hmm. do. For instance, what you do. Yeah. Um, and I'm starting to do that a lot more with clients now. Like, what do you, what do you tell them? Well, I have. I don't have any fixed strategies. Obviously, I, I've, I've been working with people for a long time. But I, number one, I just, I just listen, mm -hmm. and I make sure you know to really listen with empathy, mm -hmm. not listen to reply, not listen to okay, what's my strategy? What's the method? Oh, if I do this, I just generally, and I've been working with this on this for about ten years, just training myself to listen. It's hard. It's, it's hard because often we listen to reply or we listen to, you know, get a point across. But there's one thing that's really struck me, and that's uh, your energy introduces you before you even speak. Hmm. Say, say, say more about that. Well, if I'm to meet a client and before we go into the same room, I mean, I'm introduced before I open my mouth. Because I think I feel that I'm responsible for the energy I bring into the room, and if I've decided to listen, I mean, I always decide to go in with a clear mind and listen. But I, if I'm distracted or caught up in my own stories, or Thank caught you. up in how this kind of work or helping these these people should pan out, hmm. if I have the outcome, example, mm, <laughs> something just something just goes wrong yeah and i had a client meeting here and she was telling me about things and but we didn't we, we didn't get anywhere and i stopped the conversation and said i just i have to say i'm sorry and she was like what and i said well in my opinion we're not getting anywhere partly because i believe you're not telling the truth and partly because i'm not doing my job and listening and I said, if you were in my shoes now trying to support me or help me, what would you do? Mm, I like that. Yeah, so the first part of it, of course, listening to people, but then also just just going, I have a kind of a structure, but just going wherever the conversation flows, yeah. but also daring to be blunt. Yeah. To just say, uh, Rain, I'm just curious. Is that the truth? Was I honest with me now? So I kind of ask people some weird question at times, yeah. and I always tell them I'm one human being with one subject subjective perspective. Right. I don't have I don't have uh, the truth. I don't own the truth. And uh, yeah, so I've been using a lot of stories and storytelling while I work with clients because I do a lot of career counseling. So so when I met you. Last mm -hmm. year, you had maybe you'd, you had been doing it for a while, but you basically you were in a transition, right? Didn't didn't you just leave from a job that you had and start your own business? Yeah, I started my business in 2012, and oh, okay, I'll so it uh, been a while. yeah yeah, but I I kind of put it on ice because I became a, um, a manager for a big company of career consultants, gotcha. and we have an amazing welfare system here in Norway. Sure. If you lose your job, you get paid two two years, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. eighty percent of your salary. Uh, I'm soon to be a mother in seven weeks. The maternity leave is about one year, almost. And full, also, you have payment. paternity leave too, right? I know Sweden. Yeah, has. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirby has to take three months off, or yeah. else uh, we don't to. get. Yeah. To, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah He's yeah, yeah. forced to. 
So the welfare, so I've been working closely with Nava Welfare System and um, as, a, as a manager for, for many years there. But I'll tell you a quick story. Instead of just saying, my name is Elaine, I'm 35, I'll give you a one-minute brief story on why we're talking. <laughs> um, I remember being 11 or 12, dark, I live in Norway, it's November, and I hear some rummaging, you know, in the hallway. And I get up, and it's my father, and he's 80 years now, so he's, he's quite old, but he's, he's healthy. And I kind of peeked out the door, and there was my father at night, 12 o'clock, fully clothed. And I was like, where are you going? And my father's from England. So he said, go back to bed. But I was kind of a rebel growing up, so I was like, no, tell me where you're going, or I'll get dressed. I think I was 11 or 12. I couldn't be much much older than that. And he looks at me, and I still remember he has big, big brown, sad eyes. And he said, Elaine, I was laid off from work more than two months months ago. We haven't told you. Uh, during nighttime, I deliver newspapers. Mm. Because, you know, he was a man, and yeah. I think it was a bit of shame around you know, losing his job. Sure. And I went back to bed and I remember, but I'll be 30, I'm, I'm 36 this year. And I said, I remember saying to myself, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to have my own company so no one can ever fire me. And I'm sorry. And I also, and I also said to myself, am I going to find a way to help people who've lost their jobs, regain their jobs? Mm. That was kind of childish, but, and then it kind of evolved. And I decided I'm also going to be a manager or a leader to make sure the people in the company actually, you know, feel appreciated. And that's why I started my own company in 2012 when I've been doing public speaking in Norway, uh, abroad, uh, career counseling, mental training, coaching, and uh, decided to quit after four years in the company. Because, and here is the, I'm going to say it out loud, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. We can't measure and count everything. Because my job, I was responsible for 300 career counselors and all the people from the welfare system we were trying to help, from the ones who haven't been working for 13, 14 years, until the ones who just lost a job two weeks ago and just needed some help. But everything gets measured. So you would just be a number on a statistic that I was about to push my career counselors to deliver. So the welfare system, they want to, okay, 80%. In a class of 30, 80% should get a job within the next 12 weeks. If not, well, your job is kind of unsecure as a career counselor because everyone were just consultants. Hmm. So there's been a big debate here, and I just decided to quit. 2016, I left, not 2015, yeah, the year before, I just left my, um, I was with another guy. He was training to become a doctor, and people were like, <gasps> Why are you leaving him? Oh, my <laughs> right. God. Because well, what are the narratives in society? If you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, I mean, right. whoa, what are you doing? People thought I was crazy. A couple of months later, I just quit my job. No plan except for starting Project Bloom. That's my last name. And yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to take a year to do whatever. And I traveled the world, listened to stories, told stories, and was just blown away by everything that's out there. Yeah. You know, the when you travel, you become the storyteller. <laughs> big time, big and, time. Yeah, so I re restarted my company, and uh, here I am, 2019. Mm. Still going strong. That's and awesome. that's, the thing is, <clears throat> usually there's an event, or there's a thought, or there's a feeling, or a person, or something you see that kind of propels you in a direction, Yeah. or creates a narrative, or something. That I didn't... I'd, I didn't understand this until I started looking back. Why did I end up here right. doing what I do? Because my father was fired 25 years ago. It's awesome. And life will speak to you that way. I've found if you listen, yeah. most yes. of the time when we're kids, we don't listen. I have a, a similar path where, you know, I had, I had two loves when I was a kid. I was always an athlete and also, also uh, always an artist. But when mm. I was a kid, I fought very hard to keep those separated and compartmentalized because the story that I was telling myself mm. was that you can't be both or that this group will judge you for being too sensitive and being an artist and doing yeah. musicals and that this group will judge you because you're too much of a meathead because you do push-ups. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it took me a long time of being very passionate about both of those worlds but fighting them to keep them apart until mm. very recently I realized 
and the, the movie that we that we that I played in Norway was yeah. maybe the catalyst to me realizing that but I still had to do a lot of work to get there uh psychologically was that it's kind of this a lot of the projects I was doing whether it was fitness based or not was in the in in health and wellness I do a lot of uh projects for cancer foundations a lot of films yeah. and a lot of stuff in that that aspect of health and I realized that I've always kind of been into telling these inspiring stories of change for health and happiness. Mm. And so it was like, oh, there's actually this kind of unique intersection of being this health and wellness filmmaker instead of trying to keep them apart. And then when I trace it back like you did, I see, oh, well, I grew up in, a, in an area that is very high in disease, very low in, mm. in, in, in economy. Um, my father passed away from cancer. My brother and mother have diabetes and there's heart disease in my family. And yeah. I care about the people I come from. Oh, this is a, this is something I've always been passionate about is trying to yeah. help people be the healthiest, happiest versions of themselves. I can do that through film. I can do that through fitness. That's the mission, right? Yeah. And I think it's cool. One of the points of storytelling as well is how much we're affected by our own stories or society's stories and yeah. how bringing the different parts of ourselves together, mm. kind of like being a multi-potential life because I also do fitness, I do mental health, I do yeah. I play drums and people are like, you crazy girl, I've imported about 40 drums from all over the world <laughs> and, I, I, and I do salsa and they're like, music and mental health, well, it all actually adds up. Yeah, you got to find where, where, where they intersect, yeah. Yes, and that's the intersection of where they intervene or actually meet each other. That's where the magic happens but because, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do that work, right? Like it takes real effort to yeah. to find that, and a lot of people won't do that. No, and I think about as a, your your podcast, as the storytelling lab, and the storytelling I work with. Obviously, most is the narratives people tell themselves within career counseling when they face loss. Uh, or coaching or, or help businesses. But the one thing that never ceases to amaze me is how much we lie to each other on a daily basis. Just small, doesn't have to be the biggest things. And how many lies we tell ourselves. Hmm. I mean, I can't remember the, the research, but it was so don't, don't, um, pin me down, but I think it was about we lie to ourselves about, or was it others, 20, 27 or 30 times a day? What's a what's a what's a few common lies that people that clients of yours tell themselves? Oh my God! Um, first of all, you can see them as as excuses, but I I seldom point out that people um, that they're excusing themselves. I think it's more about telling themselves, you know, the, the common things we know, the common thread we see. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Why should someone hire me? I'm too old. I'm too young. Oh. I have a different last name. Um, I'm I don't have an education, uh, I'm from another country, you know, all, you can actually categorize them because usually it's the same 10, top top 10 things. But they're all and, the same one thing, which is yeah, just like, I'm not worthy thing. because, Yeah. and like you said, it gives yourself an excuse, like, well, now I don't even have to try because I know I'm not because I don't have a college degree yes. or... And that's the point, and that's when people say, well, do I need career counseling, I... I've applied for anything, and I go, well, if you've applied for anything, you've, you, you've gone so far away from your core being. Mm. And they say, well, I, I can't apply for anything. Then you're also so far away from your core being. So all these micro stories add up to also big narratives, because if probably where you're from, there are some narratives. Um, up in the north of Norway, some of the narratives, people like, why are you moving away to go to college? I mean, you're going to stay here. You're going to take over the farm. Or you're going right. to, you know, you had a local narratives as well. If you're not a lawyer or a doctor, I mean, mm -mm -mm. so you kind of have society's narratives, and I think we internalize them and we create a lot of chaos. So the one thing or the antidote is personal honesty when it comes to storytelling. Mm. And that's why I quit my job a couple of years ago. That's why I left the, the now is, is a doctor, the other man I was with, because I decided one year as a part of a project I had to just become 100% honest with myself. What, were there, that's, what hmm? certain, like, 
what are the action steps to take to do that? Because it's easy to say, be honest with yourself, but it's really freaking hard. Mm. And I'm working with, you know, I have this dream. Like I I like coaching people too. I always have. And eventually I kind of would like to take my career there to be some sort of, Mm. uh, of life coach. I do that with a few people that are close to me. Um, not as clients, but in Mm. a sense. And, um, I'm working with a good friend of mine now and she's uh, realizing how hard it is and how messy it is. And I lived it three, you know, three years ago and it's super, super tough. So it's real easy to say like, okay, I'm going to be honest, but like, can, can you nail down any, any actual steps to take? <laughs> I'll, I'll try. And we, we haven't planned this. Also, we're just, we're just talking now. Yeah. So I haven't prepared anything. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's a good question. It's a tough question. Um, I realize. So you, yeah, you... but, and I, and I like it because that means this, this podcast will have some substance. We're not, for you know, sure. blah, 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 just, and it's a tough question, but, and, and I'll, I can only answer for myself. But right. The first thing is actually being aware. Mm. And, and that's, yes. Yeah. You know, the kind of lies, why did I say I had a good time when that, it was just, yeah. Question and Question yourself. Yeah, question yourself, but not being judgmental. Like, and, and that's the tone of voice as well, the inner dialogue. Like, eh, when did you, I'm like, okay, Elena, I'm kind of curious. Why did you go if you actually didn't want to go? I mean, why didn't you say no? Or why did you make up some sort of, okay, well, I'm afraid people won't like me. And I kind of had to backtrack my my steps or backtrack my lies mm-hmm. or little lies I'll call them yeah and suddenly I found myself also in this relationship with this amazing man becoming a doctor I mean every woman on earth that gets this guy he's just you know but we he wasn't the right one for me because I think often when we look for a partner we're like oh he's gonna look like this he's gonna do this is and I kept thinking who who am I? Mm. Who am I in this relationship? Or who or what do I become when I'm with this person? Mm-hmm. And I did not become the person I felt I was or wanted to be because I'm right. a rebel, I'm adventurous, I'm a bit crazy. I'm like, ooh, let's go to Bali. Ooh, I want to start a new project. But he studies medicine. He has long hours. So our lives, it, they just didn't add up. Mm-hmm. And instead of thinking, well, he is, looks this good on paper, he has this and that, who am I when I'm with him mm. and I wasn't being myself? I love and that then, question. Yeah, but, and then, of course, break, breaking up was hard, but I, here's the kicker. My life changed diametrically, diametrically when I dared to do or take the difficult choices because yes. we all, it's easy to do what's easy. <laughs> but it's tough to do what's tough. Yeah, and what's right. And all so, the all good things that that happen are from difficult choices and hard work. Right? And that's yeah, and I think that's one of the kind of things I see now with the young adults. I work with instant gratification. Hmm. One was like, Well, I wanna be a big C big shot CEO and I was like, Well, are you ready to do your plan A, B, C? It was like, nah, I know someone, I'll probably and I was like, Well, it may it may take six months but usually it takes kind of an education and you have to prove something and it was like yeah I, I want it now so I see the instant gratification and the unwillingness to question yourself and here's why because usually we don't ask different difficult questions uh, because we don't want the answers mm-hmm. so step one personal honesty question yourself and you must also have a pen and paper and be still and be aware enough to actually record or understand your answers. Mm-hmm. Because once they've, you know, bubbled up to the surface, you can't run away from them. <laughs> so when you know, okay, I actually, I have to break up, you can't, then, then it's there. Yeah. You can't suppress. Yeah. Then you actually have to do something or else you're going to start disliking yourself because you're going to have this inner dialogue going, oh, why am I still here? Why am I? Mm-hmm. Then you have to take action. But I think one of, one of the other steps as well is we connect through stories, as you know and I know, but we also connect through wounds. Through what? Wounds as a pain. Mm. So if I say to you, you know, Rain, I'm having a really tough time trying to get out of this relationship or I'm having a really tough time financially or I'm just searching for someone 
who says kind of, oh, me too. Because usually people connect through pain just, and for everyone listening as well, just, just be a bit aware how you talk to other people, how we relate to other people. And you go and you say, well, I had a tough time. And I will say, oh, I had a tough time too. So we kind of connect through our wounds and through our pain. And the more we connect, the more pain, the more significant I become. So that, that's why people sometimes, they all everything here is, oh, I'm so tired, work sucks. And people go, yeah, I kind of know, sucks for me too. And then you meet the story toppers, the one who wants to top your stories, and the story, <laughs> story choppers, you know, the ones who trying to cut your stories in half. <laughs> yeah, because and they're like, ooh, because they're not able to listen. So they just chop it in half, and then they take over, and you go like... I think that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but we do it all the time and that's good and that can be passionate in a conversation. But usually we connect through our wounds and that's also a big excuse because if I say to my girlfriends, oh, I'm in pain, I don't know what to do, I'm probably want to break up. And they go, oh man, we're so such so, And then you get a lot of love, and empathy and attention. And here's the thing. If I were to say, yeah, one thing, we never do anything that 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 doesn't serve us or give us anything. Mm -hmm. So if I were to stop telling these stories, who 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 am I? Where's my empathy? Where's my support system? So I had to just get really clear about my how I connect with the wounds and uh, mm -hmm, and how I told people about the pain, and I just stopped. I was like, okay, be aware, ask questions, don't be judgeful. Oh, don't judge yourself. Be willing to just deal with whatever comes up. Stop telling people about all your pain unconsciously, you know, to get empathy. Have a pen and paper and just write down how you kind of want the future to look. Mm. That's what it, but I also told everybody that I was doing this project 100% personal honesty. So people started asking me about the project. So this project became my main story. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, all the drama I had in my life, you know, that just disappeared because usually a way to connect is like this. Rain, uh, don't say this to anyone, but you know, uh, Teresa, you know, she told me. I got rid of all the drama. So yeah. when people told me, Elaine, I have to tell you something, don't say anything or... Uh, someone tried to tell me a secret, I would be like, um, are you sure this is true? And they were like, uh, I think so. And I said, but are you really sure it's true, the things you're going to tell me now? And why are you telling me and what do you want me to do with the story you're supposed to tell me? Mm -hmm. And they were like, I don't know. And I right. said, because I, you become significant through gossip mm -hmm. because I'm going to tell you something you don't know. And suddenly all the drama disappeared. And if I didn't want to have a coffee, I was like, I'm sorry, I really need to relax today. I really want to read a book, uh, but I'll have a rain check maybe next week instead of, you know, going, uh, well, I think I might maybe, but uh, there's no more lies. There's no more, there's nothing to. Yeah, that, the no, that, that telling someone no is mm -hmm. very hard for a lot of us, maybe not for everybody, but it's when you learn how to do it, it's very liberating. Yeah, you but know. have you learned how to do it? Yeah, yeah, getting there. I mean, yeah. I think depending on the person, it's sometimes easier or, or harder. For me, uh, I have a lot of different interests and um, um, have this metric of, you know, my self-worth through achievement, right? And so a lot of times mm. I'll say yes to things that I don't want to do or I really do want to do that thing. But maybe in another world or another day or another week, like yeah. you said, because is it serving my purpose, my mission, where I'm trying to yes. go? Yes. Sure, I'd love to go do this because a part of, I have a lot of different interests, but that's taken away from where I've the plan that I've laid out for what I really want, to, what's going to give me tons of fulfillment versus that yeah. little instant gratification, like you said. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, this this is something I've been working on a lot lately. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I'm getting a lot, a lot better. But why do you think we find it so difficult to say no, as a, from a storyteller's perspective with the narratives, is, is it a bad thing in society to say no? 
What's that about? <clears throat> I mean, a lot of it gets tied up in maybe... I'm learning so many things get tied up in guilt and shame, and maybe yeah. we feel like we're, 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 we're letting someone down. Um, or that that person's story of us then will be, well, yeah. Elaine didn't help me, so Elaine's not a good person, but it's like we know that we can't worry about someone else controlling our story, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, they might, they may try, but that's not, that's not the truth. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I think it's a lot of our own insecurity tied up in there. Why we yeah. think we have to say yes to everything. Um, worried about what people, what people may think. I've, I've, you know, similar to, your experiment experiment's a weird word but like, yeah but it, it it wasn't it still is an experiment right. so that's a good you know, word your, yeah your practice with with honesty i have, have been trying to uh practice and experiment with just being wholehearted and with everything mm. uh, so similar very similar but yeah, a little, yeah, a little yeah, distinction yeah. just being truthful honest with myself you know and just anything that i do is it coming from here is it coming mm. from my heart like mm. Do I have an inner burning desire to, to want to do that or tell that story or achieve that thing? But is it coming from a good place of love and mm -hmm. not fear, right? Yeah. Fear of what someone might think of me. That's a perfect way to, to relate this yeah. to what we're saying is like, okay, I'll say yes to this. But now let me a ask myself these questions and be aware. Like, why am I doing this? Well, am I doing that because I'm, you know fearful of what they might say or i'm just stressed and i just say yes or am i doing that because you know my whole heart is in that action and i will make time in my schedule to do that and a lot of times that's not the reason and if it's not i'm trying to be honest with myself and other people and say sorry i'm unable to do that try mm -hmm. to help them if i can by referring them to someone else who might be able to help yeah. them and yes. just saying, I can't prioritize that right now. Not that you, you know, you're no good or I'm no, too busy for you. Oh, you're still important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but, I, and, and this, this is just, I just want to say something yes, because I think, well, I think we're afraid we, that people, I think, how can I phrase this? We're scared that if we say no, that people would be less worthy or less important to us. And that's, that, that's not the point because I, when I work with people, I tell them two things. I'm going to... Um, I have a couple of demands when I work with, with people and I say these things as a, when we work together, these things are to be met, these demands. And that's only because I believe in you. If there was no demands, I had nothing, you know, nothing to hold you accountable, I wouldn't believe in you. And the other thing I tell people, be glad I look you in the eye and tell you the truth because that means I respect you. Mm. If I if I have to lie to you or say, well, maybe not, that, mm, I'm not sure I make up all this shit is probably because... I think I already made up a story that you can't handle, that you can't handle the truth, that you're not able to kind of, you know, take into account my feelings and your feelings and kind of work this out. So I'll create or I'll lie so I don't hurt you. That's kind of not respecting you. Right. So I tell you the truth because I respect you. And then the first yeah. one, what's, a, what's an easy way to sum up the first one? Yeah, what's an easy way to sum up the first one? Um, because you said um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because we were all over the map, but that's yeah, that's a yeah. good thing as well. But yeah, it was just what what you said with being wholehearted and being able to say no. Actually, if someone says no to me, yeah, and this is the part with storytelling. I can't control how other people react to the things I say. Mm, but if I'm one. wholehearted and truthful, I have to trust and respect that people will, you know, see my good intentions. And that's where I open this podcast will as well. Your energy kind of speaks, speaks to your speak, uh, kind of set, you know, set the framework before your words do. So I think it's how you deliver the message, but also your body language, if you're congruent. I mean, how you actually tell something. And How's yeah. another way to keep those people accountable? Ah, okay. In working with, with the clients, uh, keep them accountable. Always, always, always what I do when I work with other people, I create something called a work alliance. Hmm. Always, and I have to recreate that alliance every time I meet people. 
Um, so step one is kind of being quite clear on what's the goal, because it was a big research done with career counselors, um, therapists, yeah, everyone who was working with people, that a lot of percentage of the time, they're not clear on the same goal. So I think we've nailed your goal, but actually we haven't. Mm. So we kind of start working, we create stories and make plans and we do things that actually is not quite up. We haven't hit the nail. So that's the one thing. Make sure you're both kind of clear on what's the goal. And it sounds simple. But that's probably people who had received coaching or help. That's the one thing they reported. That uh, they didn't kind of understand my goal. They just kind of, you know, yeah. And I didn't dare to say anything. Hmm. Uh, and number two is being clear on your roles and tasks. What are you going to do, <laughs> Rain, as a coach or as an example? What are your roles? What are your tasks? And number third, of course, the trust, empathy, you know, everything that ties relationship together. I think the goals part, goals are, are, are difficult as well. Um, I think that a lot of times people go through and I've, I've definitely done this. I'm trying to do less of this, go through and do take action or make decisions and don't, aren't aware and don't ask themselves these questions. And so they don't know what the goal is. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to do this. You know, they have like these short term goals, but I've been trying to focus on lately. What's I always ask myself, well, what's the goal behind the goal? Mm. Uh, meaning where is this leading because mm. i'm done with doing things that are like one off and that's it mm. because they need to for me for what i'm trying to build and where i'm trying to go they need to be and that doesn't mean that i can't just go watch a movie for watching a movie's sake i'm talking about you know career counseling or something like that mm. um but going to see in a movie there's the goal is for me to relax and take some time for myself so there still is a goal behind the goal yeah, but uh, I want to just like, for instance, um, why you know why am I writing writing this book or whatever? What's where do I mm -hmm. want it to lead to? What's the goal behind the goal? And I think a lot of times people have uh, difficulty with that because they aren't thinking where wh where is this going? I ask people that all the time. Well, like, well, what's what's the end goal? And if you can't answer that question clearly, you have some more work to do. I think. Yeah, and I think we can relate to that as well when it comes to storytelling and thinking about, you know, if you go and see a movie, there's always an outcome or there's an ending or there's, you know, something that ties everything together. And I think with goals as well, because I've been working with about 20,000 people now in counseling and coaching, and what I see is one of the top three problems with goal setting is people all usually set goals that's outside of their control. Hmm. Damn. And yeah, yeah, and when I say that, I'll give you a weird short story about it um, because I also work in health and fitness, and and I was asked to give a talk to people, or ladies, or women who were doing bikini fitness, and I'm no judge; just of people who have to do whatever they want. Right. But I was just I was doing a talk for them, and they were about forty. Girls, uh, different ages, and they have been eating, uh, you know, healthy, broccoli and fish and been training and, you know, going crazy with discipline. And I decided, because I'm a rebel, I decided to say, you know, your competition is in about three months uh, and none of you are going to win. And, you know, a big part of storytelling or a big part of communication is knowing when to time and knowing when to be just shut up and be silent. So I just said, no, none of you are going to win. I just, I, I can see it and know it. And I was just dead silent for like 15 seconds. And they were like, <laughs> you know, you see people's veins throbbing, some people, you know. And I said, you know why I say this? It's because I want you to remember this. Who will decide if you become number one when you prance out on that stage? It's not you, it's the judges. And they were like, hmm, and I said, so you all have the same goal. None of you can control, actually. You can control your actions, you can control your discipline, but you can't control if you actually win. 
And it's great to have goals outside your control because, you know, you can think about the outcome and it can drive you, and it can drive you, but you also, as I said, have to have some goals within the grasp that you control. How can I grow as a person mm-hmm. going through this journey from somewhere quite obese and they really did a good job? How can I contribute? How can I grow? What is so the goal behind the goal? What does this actually mean? Yes, yes. Besides just having, you know, the trophy and the money and the... Because you have 200 people walking out on stage and you have a panel of judges. So a lot of people set goals outside their control, not thinking about what kind of goals can I also set that's within my control. So if... Yeah, and if I can't reach that, you know, because the judges deemed me in the third place, at least I know my learning goals, my... Uh, you know, the goal behind the goal. So I think at least I look at goal setting as the two, yeah, you have the control ones and the ones you don't control. And you can mix them both up, but you need to have something. So if you lose or you come in 10th place, you can at least say, okay, I didn't win. Did I do my best? Because that's the question. Yeah, I know I did everything I could do. Look, this is how I grew as a person. This is what I learned. This is actually my mission now to help other people. I've inspired 10 other people to become healthy and that's worth more than the first place. So I haven't failed because we also connect failure to not reaching our goals Mm -hmm. that are usually out of our control. Right. Especially with the career counseling people, I want to have this job, but you're not responsible for getting hired. Of course you do the interview and applications, but someone else has to choose you from a batch of hundred applications. And then ask you to come to an interview and then decide if they want to hire you. And that's, you can control some aspect of how you behave and what you do, but you can't control the other person. Yeah. There's a good uh, book by James Altucher called Choose Yourself, which is mm-hmm. just about that, that exact concept of everyone who has to pick you to, to do this. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, so usually, usually uh, my episodes are about 45 minutes, give or take. Um, and I know that you have to get on with your day, but I have one more question for you, yeah, if that's yeah, yeah. all right. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I went back earlier and watched the uh, speech that you gave at, at uh, AFPT convention last year. Yeah. Um, and there was a quote that you used, uh, uh, no no tool is better than the hand that uses it, Ooh, something like that. Is yes, that right? yes, yes. Could yes, you yes, say yes, yes. a little something about that? Because this is some, I say something very similar, and I was I was unaware of that quote specifically. Um, but not the concept. I talk about that a lot, uh, in, in, in my journey, I've I've experienced it. And that's the people that I help and the clients that I work with is I often tell them something very similar, which is, you know, it's, you have all the tools you need right now. So what I try to do when I'm helping people with storytelling instead of, because people that I work with, they're overwhelmed by uh, the the cameras to get and the apps to use yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know uh, equipment and money and I tell you know I work with them on the skill of storytelling so that they can use whatever tools they have access to. If you yeah. work that skill, then any tool you use can you know you'll be able to create something great with it, even if you don't have the nicest equipment. So um, I just wanted to see like. What does that quote mean to you? Oh, it means everything because uh, I'm doing, as I told you, the, the master's now in, in the career counseling and I'm done the pedagogics and I, I will say I'm, I'm well educated, but that doesn't mean as much as all the people I've been meeting and all the stories because you have, within career counseling, just a brief backstory, um, 1900s, it was like, uh, someone told you, you fit for this, so you should go there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we didn't have any much to say, really. People were, they used scientific methods or metrics to figure out right man on the right place, to the right place. 1950s, we were like, well, people may actually have something to say. Well, yeah. Mm. And now there's something that's called a constructivist theory, that everything is constructive, so no one has the truth. And the trouble is, People read a lot of self-help books, and that's good. I mean, I have two, 3,000 books. I read a lot, but I'm critical as well because no tool is better than the hand who holds the tool. Is about you can read a lot of books, you can study a lot of methods, you can learn a lot of things, 
but it's ultimately about how you apply it and how you understand it. Because I think we read a lot of stuff and we understand it intelligently or mentally, but we, we don't get it by heart. Mm. And we have trouble applying it. So we're just using uh, a coaching method or we're just using a career advice method or we're just taking something someone else said and did, and that's good, but we have to put our own spin on it. We have to incorporate it and internalize it and kind of ask ourselves the question, what does this mean for me? How can I apply this in the manner that it feels good to me? How can I work with what I have instead of trying to become someone else or doing someone else? Because I think in that span between where I'm now and where I want to be, I kind of get a lot of people get depressed because they're not there yet. They don't have the tools. They're not that kind of person. But I mean, everyone has a lot of resources. And if people could learn to use what they have and turn some of their disadvantages or some of the things that they think, oh, this is a weakness. I say to people, your biggest weaknesses can be your biggest strength. And your biggest strength can also be your biggest weaknesses. So how can, it's nothing to do with the theory. It's how your hand is holding the you know, hammer to hit that nail if you want to hit it from the side or however you do it. But I think and it goes back to being wholehearted. Mm -hmm. Because if you use a method or you do things and you don't feel it in here, I think it's useless. So you need to be aware that you are holding, actually, yeah, you, you're, you're holding the, you're the hand that's holding the tool. And you can have 10,000 tools, but none of them work. Or you can have two tools and be wholehearted and be authentic and have a purpose and have a mission. Sometimes that's all you need. Perfect. Thank you. Um, look, I, I, I appreciate your time so much. I feel like we could do this for hours. Because yeah, a lot, of, could. a lot of the topics that you hit on are like things that I say so much and that I'm, that I'm living through right now. And we could have expanded on yeah. all of them, but uh, I appreciate your time. I'm so excited for you guys. I hope you uh, tell Kirby that I miss his his face. Um, I will. Uh, we had so much fun with you guys on on that trip, and um, I don't know at what point you guys were in your relationship <laughs> at that point, but I will just say from the outside looking in, you know, from looking from the outside, it was obvious. Um, it was. Yeah. Big time. What? I know y'all thought you were hiding it from everybody, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you weren't. <laughs> so, so, and, but here's, here's the thing as well. I mean, I think when when you're with someone who makes you laugh, and you just oh kind of enjoy God, each other's everything. company. It's, and now we're, we're obviously we're, I'm I'm 35 and having my first child. How old is your baby girl now? Uh, eight months, eight or nine. Has just just quick. I just want to ask you because this did you how. Did you think as a becoming a father would be like, and how has it been? Uh, is, are the two worlds, you know, the kind of the stories or the thoughts you had, and how reality has hit you? Are they kind of coherent, or are they're, you like what happened? Because so many people say them, you don't understand it until you live it. But yeah, uh -huh. like a lot of the cliches and stereotypes are 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 those things because. They happen a lot. You know, a lot of stereotypes are there because they happen a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't mean everyone is like that, but a lot of the cliches is because those things happen a lot. And so, you know, you always hear those things like, oh, it'll change, you know, um, you know, it'll change who you are and blah, 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 all this. Mm. Um, no, it's 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 really hard to explain unless, uh, unless you're experiencing it. But it's like, it's amazing. It's, it's crazy. I have been really trying to live my life. We've talked about it today. Uh, focused, clarity, mm -hmm. streamline, you know, where is it mm -hmm. going? Every action I want to have a, a, a reason, a purpose, you know, not, mm -hmm. you know, um, and nothing made life become more clear than that. So okay. I told, a, I told a friend of mine because like what matters is very simple now, very clear to me. And so, and my purpose, like, why am I trying to be successful? Now I have a real reason instead of just trophies and accolades and my own like self-esteem. Now it's like, oh, because I'm trying to create 
a family. I, I'm trying to be a good role model. I want to give her opportunities. I want us to do things. I want her to learn experiences that I didn't learn until I was 30. So travel and I, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and so I have to be in a place where I'm have financial freedom so that I can do a lot of that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. I also want to teach her about hardship and, and everything. And uh. a, a friend of mine who may have had his baby by now, they were expecting any, any day now. Um, months ago asked me told me that they were expecting an at and and i said uh you know basically i think i was a little more colorful in my language but i said get ready to not give a shit about anything else in the best possible way mm. and that's the best way i could sum it up is like everything else that didn't matter just kind of like fell away and then she's just it's just adorable like there's nothing that can explain what it's like even when it's hard and she's sick right now, so, like, she hasn't yeah. been sleeping well. But, like, even when it's hard, but there's nothing that can, like, explain what it feels like when you just walk into that room and see that little baby's face light up. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's insane. Uh, yeah. So, it, it hasn't changed who I am. It's made me become more of who I am and more of who I, and more, and more of who I want to be. Like, we all struggle with trying to be less of the version of ourselves that we don't like or don't want to be or don't help yeah. us and and trying to be more of the better version of ourselves well that it has helped and it hasn't it didn't make it happen it's just given me more purpose and more reason to think about why i choose to answer this way or do this thing or or whatever i'm doing you know so now when i analyze what I'm, my actions and what's the purpose i have a i have a a lot more of a reason and mission behind things um and i I think everything you said now can be summed up in in one or two words or three. What matters? Yeah. Because can you imagine or can you just how much time we spend thinking? Here's the, here's the and that you were so clear, crisp, cut now explaining this. I didn't feel um, like it, so I'm glad to hear. No, that. but that's what just I have to summarize it because everyone who's listening, I think it's what actually matters because I think we tend to get lost because a lot of things matter and we're not sure if it's society demands or our own. And when you get clear about what matters, you think about the next steps or the actions to take just uh, connect to what matters because I think we spend so much time thinking about what other people think, mean, say, do, that we kind of, we, we lose ourselves in what's important and what's not so i think and what that doesn't mean everyone should go out and get a baby and not everyone can can, can have children right but i think it's kind of amazing that 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 having a child did that for you Mm -hmm. that you became so so clear and so driven because i think we know deep down inside when we betray ourselves we know oh yeah yeah, yeah. When you, you know when you tell a lie, or you know when you're not you're going moving left, but you should have been moving right. Mm-hmm. We know, and our body kind of re- re- retracts when when you know you can. We know, but it's difficult to handle. And I think when we get clear on what matters, mm-hmm. when you're wholehearted, mm-hmm. or when you're doing a personal honesty project, suddenly, yeah. You get to see what matters, and then you also get to tell yourself better stories and create better narratives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Huh. Um, yeah, I'm re- I'm really excited for you guys, and happy and proud proud of you, uh, <laughs> Maya. Maya and I um, had this li- <laughs> had this little game where we tried to figure out what what was exactly going on with your uh, uh-huh. relationship. We'd see yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. see pictures of you guys like together, and we're like okay. <laughs> and we would just, we would just, you know, in in the phase where we were something was starting to yeah. happen, but hadn't happened because we've been to Dubai and I've been working there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a lecture at Emirates Academy. He was working there. We came back, and I didn't see him for a long time. I moved to Palma. I moved to Spain when yeah. I quit my job. Yeah. I went to lecture in Dubai. Moved to Spain. Went to Italy. Went to Dominican Republic. As I went all over. Yeah. And I came back and suddenly was like, okay, there's something here. But we would never dream of now having a baby. But it just, everything just worked out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because of the honesty and that's because of we took, we actually spent the whole 
uh, deal, also a good amount of time talking. Yeah. You know, not these are my beautiful sides. I mean, this is me. Yeah. Period. This is who I am. These are, I think, these are my faults, but it can also be my strength. And I, I mean, I, I think it's great because I've found someone too. Like, you want someone that can push you to be yourself, yes, and the best version of yourself. But like, we keep coming back to the same thing in storytelling, in career counseling, or careers in general, and yeah. in life and love. Like, it's all about being your your true self, right? And and what matters most. And so, uh, if you if you are living this lie. It's never going to lead you to to where you want to mm -hmm. be. So even though it's hard to be honest sometimes mm. uh, and make those difficult choices, I think in all aspects of life, it's the right way to go. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to end the podcast as well. So if you want to try to be more wholehearted or, or try to do an honesty project, I mean, give yourself just one day. Start with one day and then expand to three days, then expand to, I think, Usually we're like, oh, we have to do so much. Just what's the next right step? Okay, I'll try to be honest just for today. Small next step. Yeah. All right, Rain, we could do this for, uh, we could talk. Just thank you for having me on as a guest. I'm no, humble you. and I'm like, oh, mm, no. Thank you. It's going to be, uh, yeah. <laughs> have a great day. Uh, what time is it at your place Yeah, now? morning, ten, 10 in the morning, yeah, 10 in yeah. the morning. Yeah, o'clock here so Kirby is be, he'll be home in a, about an hour and we'll talk about you guys and if you ever want to come to Norway you're welcome to stay thank you so much At I think we, uh, we'd love that at some point that'd be very fun okay Rain take care thank you bye bye talk to you soon my name is Rain Bennett thanks for listening and join us next time on the Storytelling Lab up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com